Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightfulwrestling.com. We also have fightful.com. It's a big weekend over there between MLW, between all this business going on right now. And this weekend's UFC 244, I am here right after UFC 244 to talk about Nate Diaz and Masvidal. We've got plenty of content up about that, but let's get into what you all are here to see. November 1st, 2019, SmackDown. We are one day removed from WWE Crown Jewel. If you're watching live on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. If you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. We will read it. We will answer your question. And we are joined by Mr. Warren Hayes, a guy who covered NXT for Fightful Select for, gosh, it feels like over a year. I don't know how the hell long it was, but uh, a guy who has some unique insight to this episode of SmackDown, an NXT invasion episode, Warren. Yeah, yeah, how did the Twilight Zone used to start, Sean? Submitted for your approval, right? That's what what he'd say. Submitted for your approval, Sean. A universe in which the past decade of WWE script writing hasn't happened and where things become suddenly fresh and exciting and move along at a quick and fast pace. I submit unto you tonight the November 1st, 2019 edition of SmackDown Live. Young Bibby sends a super chat and says, Cole versus Brian is really good, but do you think WWE is slowly burying Carmella? I feel like she will never be important again, especially in the title scene. She's very underappreciated. No, I do not. We actually have an interview up with Carmella where she discusses how willing she is to make anything work. She will never be buried. I don't think there's a way to bury her. I think that if they tried to bury her, she would find a way to make that work in her favor too. Just like she did being shoehorned into Enzo and Cass. Just like she did being a single star. Just like she did James Ellsworth. Just like she did her her title run, I think that she our truth to she makes everything work. What do you think, Warren? I'm in complete agreement. And uh, if she can, if you can survive James Ellsworth, you can do pretty much just about anything. Uh, she's been she's been remarkable. Uh, she has, uh, she's one of these, uh, she's one of these people who was called up and they, WWE was just expecting nothing of her. She was literally just brought up because she was a pretty face, but she proved them wrong. She's improving all the time. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I know the sentiment is gosh, darn, couldn't she be wrestling? Yes. And I'd like to see her again in the, in the ring, but (laughs) you don't bury, you don't bury people by putting them on television. That's for damn sure. Yeah, WWE knows how to bury people. <laughs> Aaron Jace fan, do you think uh, NXT storylines will play out on Raw and SmackDown like Cole and Champa's issues? It doesn't look like it, Warren. Uh, I have a little bit of a problem with with that setup, but I guess if if they're all working for Triple H, that's something that could easily be addressed. Now, and there's a lot of other shows that this are NWA or AEW that would be addressed. I feel like with one line, all Triple H has to say is. You guys can do whatever you want there, but when you're over here, just follow my lead. I've done this a long time. Sure, exactly. Uh, I like the idea. 
I like the idea that uh, that it's basically war on both brands, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, and to me, th- to me, there's a lot of things that are that implicitly makes sense just because it's Triple H, not not just because he's the he's the guy behind NXT, but he's he's an he's a legitimate executive in WWE. Like he has access to everything. It's not much of a surprise, you know. In any other circumstance. You know, like when Raw would invade SmackDown and SmackDown would invade Raw, the question we'd always have, Sean, is how did they get in the building, right? Well, here there's no question. Triple H just opened up the door. He he had Sean uh, Sean Michaels back the van up that was full of all of the performance center talent, just back him up, open the doors, and let them in. And no one asked any questions because he's the boss, basically. So I to me, this all works, and uh, it, it's going to be a good time, for sure. Zach Connor said, love tonight's show. I thought Riddle should have attacked Brock, though. I'm also going to need Riddle versus Brock and Brian versus Gargano at Survivor Series. Uh, don't hold your breath on Riddle versus Brock. Uh, if they were going to do that, they could have done that. I think this was the chance to do that, and I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Uh, but what do you think about that? I mean, obviously, Brock's headed for something else. I, he's still champion. I mean, you know, as long as... as- as long as he has the title around his waist, there's no way they're pulling the trigger on on Riddle so quickly. But I mean, you know, wishful thinking. You know, uh, Matt's Matt's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing by going on social media and calling calling out Goldberg, calling out Brock. He knows what he's doing for for this for 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 us to be like, oh, what a missed opportunity. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I, It'll all depend on Brock's mood, I guess, or how much money Brock can make out of a match with Riddle. That'll be that's I guess that's the motivating factor. But as it stands now, yeah, I don't I don't see it happening. Eloquent says uh, Riddle should have hit Sami Zayn with a jackhammer. <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been really good. Uh, <laughs> that would have been funny. David Rivera says love the look Champa gave Cole and Goldie at the end. For those unfamiliar with NXT, Goldie is the championship. That's what he. He uh, calls the NXT Championship that he never lost, by the way. Mm-hmm. I believe we have some more Super Chat. Super Chats, yeah. Uh, Jammin Cito Gomez says, show was great. I think everyone forgot Brock quit. That that was such, so less of a talking point than I thought it would be, Warren. <laughs> yeah. Weren't we're, we all kind of gearing up to, to prepare? We were all preparing our hot takes. Right. <laughs> For, uh, what's next? Uh, what's going on? Uh, OK, so the universal title is going to be on SmackDown now. But, uh, yeah, I think we have much more interesting fish to fry tonight. And uh, Lord knows I like me a fish fry. I'm sure you do, Warren. I'm sure you do. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, we had the the Saudi uh, travel issues. Mm hmm. So I'm I'm heading to bed last night. I was like, you know what? I'll make an early night of it. Usually about 1 a.m. 1 a.m. is an early night of it. And as soon as I lay down, it was <laughs> I start getting messages. Hey, have you heard about a delay in the Saudi travel? I'm like, no, I haven't, but uh, I'll look. And this is from people who are in WWE but not in Saudi Arabia. And then I hear it from another reporter, and I start to hit up other people that are that I know are in Saudi Arabia, and they confirm it. They're like, yeah, we've been sitting here for hours. It's kind of suspicious. We don't know what's going on. As I posted on Twitter, there were rumors. Among the talent, I want to say I, I've, I've heard it from a lot of the talent. It was a popular rumor that Vince got into a disagreement uh, ahead of the show. I don't want to speculate on the reason because I haven't really got that nailed down, but uh, the talent that was there is under the impression that that happened. Uh, whether or not it had anything to do with this is unknown. It was said to be a mechanical issue. But a ton of the wrestlers, New Day, The Revival, Roman Reigns, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, chartered their own plane, got the hell out of there, but weren't able to get back in time for SmackDown. Neither were uh, the rest of the talent either. You saw them tweeting all throughout the day. Uh, a lot of them had to go get hotel rooms. They're being fed well, all that good stuff, and hopefully they're going to be back soon. But that put SmackDown in a pickle. SmackDown was con- or contacting some names that just haven't been on TV in a while to check and see if they'd be able to show up if needed. But then they ended up sending the NXT crew there. I, I heard from people throughout the afternoon that were like, yeah, we're going to have a good show today. 
If it can get pulled off, we're going to have a good show. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So they're making the best out of a bad situation, obviously. And it really seemed like they did that, Warren. Yeah, I mean, uh, this could have been much more of a disaster and it could have easily become like the pro wrestling equivalent of a clip show. You remember like, you know, in the 90s, the sitcoms, there'd always be like this one episode where the family would sit around and just reminisce. Oh, remember when this happened earlier this season? And then we'd cut back to that, you know, it was a way to cut costs on production. We could have ended up with that. And at first I was kind of worried because, you know, they showed the, you know, they showed off the, uh, the Velasquez Brock fight. Uh, you know, they were, they were stretching things out with a lot of footage from the night before. I was like, Oh, is this what we're going to be into for the entire evening? But no, no, things started to pick up. It actually kind of felt as if we had to, uh, once we got through the, the actual like main roster storylines and got into the NXT stuff. But I know it's all main roster storylines. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Once we got through that stuff and got into the NXT things, then stuff really started to pick up and and the show felt completely different than anything we had seen on Friday Night SmackDown up to this point. It was this was my favorite so far. And this has been a recurring theme, WWE doing some great work when they're backed into a corner, which shows you the ability that they have, which is why it's so frustrating when they have plenty of time. I don't want to say all the time in the world because they, they produce a lot of content. But hey, you know what? South Park also produces well when their back's against the wall. Well, they, look, let, sorry, go ahead. Like, there are it. other shows. There are other entertainment, like NWA. Has plenty mm-hmm. of time. They tape their show. They put it together. So you got you got both ends of the spectrum. Something like South Park Entertainment. They they often go down to the wire. You've got something like NWA, taped television where you've got plenty of time. WWE falls somewhere in the middle. A whole lot more content than either one of those. Uh, a a little bit different of a time period to kind of look at them, but. They they almost never consistently produce, and depending on how this goes, we'll we'll see. But I mean, there I had my my issues with this show, but nothing that can't be addressed. But it does make it a little bit more frustrating when you know what WWE is capable of, but they just don't ever do it. They rely on rematches. They rely on fifty fifty. They rely on on sticking with the same old stuff and never making anybody look like a star. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'm I'm going to push this a little further, actually. But here's because here's what's really look at what they did within, uh, let's say, an 18 hour notice, maybe a little more than that. Let's let's be generous and say 24. Okay, a full day's notice. Look at what they put together on a regular basis. And I know this is the excuse that we usually hear from fans from uh, from people who work in the company is that look, we're putting on two hours. Of live programming a week. We're just going to encapsulate SmackDown, okay? Because they do have a team for SmackDown. They have a team for what? We're talking about SmackDown tonight. We're putting out two hours of live content every week. It's it's a lot of work, and there's the travel and all that. Sure, I'm okay with that. But you also have an entire staff of creative people who are supposed to be working in a room, coming up with ideas, sharing those ideas, and delivering them, and then producing them. And they, well, they, they have a week. They have six days to put it together. And we know what usually happens, Sean. The day of the show, you have one dude who gets the scripts and he says, nope, this is not what we're doing. He pulls out the red pen or just or the shredder, whatever he uses, and makes adjustments the day of. He uses a super shredder. He has Kevin Nash tear it up. <laughs> but that's, the, yeah, that, that's my point is – we know WWE can do better. We've seen it tonight. And not only do we know, but just because of in the position they're in, because they are considered the major leagues, because they they are now a billion-dollar company, because they are staffed to the gills, not only do we, do we want them to do better, not only do we know they can do better, but we expect them to do better because they have all the tools at their disposition to do better. We have plenty of super chats. DJ Cass says, you think Daniel Bryan's challenger for the NXT title now elevates the NXT championship a bit? I think so. 
yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Um, and I'd even go as far as to say that this entire show elevated the NXT brand in and about itself. It was a clean sweep. They it had cl- no susceptibility here. They came in. They were dominant. The entire roster was dominant. Joseph Farley says, not to put my tin on my tinfoil hat, <laughs> but I think the plane issues were a false flag. Maybe I love conspiracy uh, theories. I think you do, Joseph. But uh, <laughs> we're going to curse on this show. Maybe not curse on this show. So his curse jar fund uh, donation may be in vain. <laughs> Hannah Moore says, Kofi put back in the U.S. 20 minutes before SmackDown ended, and Ali said that they were taking off around the same time. Good. I'm glad they're getting out of there. Good. Good for them. Rob Wilkins says, McAfee was fantastic. Glad to see you two guys not working at Chippendales tonight, despite the crazy photo on Twitter. YouTube numbers will be crazy for WWE. They might not be crazy for WWE. NXT regularly does trash bag YouTube numbers. I mean trash bag YouTube numbers. But we'll see how it ends up. But we haven't even gotten to the opening segment, really. I mean, a little bit. Paul Heyman Heyman comes out. We've got Tom Phillips, Renee Young, and Aiden English in the booth. I thought both broadcast teams were great tonight. Mm -hmm. I agree. Heyman and Lesnar come out to a great ovation, and they show the full Kane-Lesnar match. Uh, Heyman called Cain Velasquez a sacrificial piñata. Wow. Uh, Vince McMahon, however, refused to serve up Rey Mysterio because the wild card rule is dead. Uh, Superstars are exclusive to wherever they're signed to. Heyman says that Brock Lesnar quits, and now he's going to come to Raw after Mysterio. Uh, Later on, we see Lesnar and Heyman leaving and Shawn Michaels and Triple H looking on. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want a holdout storyline. I don't want to... He quit. There's nothing there. If if they want to do that, I'd rather they orchestrate a trade. I'd just rather they do that. You already got Nikki and Alexa as a part of that deal. Say that was a part of it. You, you can say, you know what? SmackDown also gets exclusive rights to the Usos and Naomi. That That's a good way to stack it without having to pick anybody from Raw. Do that. I mean, I what I don't want is Brock Lesnar, top star, going to Raw for absolutely nothing under the guise of a holdout. Because I that's lazy to me. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, I I was, you know, let's call it, though, or happy that they're keeping the line in the sand drawn very, very clearly. It's like, no, Mysterio's on the other side. Like, they, you know, they could have done it, right, Sean? Just have Mysterio show up and challenge, and that would have been the end of that. Uh, there obviously had to be one of the two major champions that had to flip to the other brand because you, you couldn't have you, you can't have the universe you, you can't have Raw essentially without uh, without a champion. So this I guess this is their way to explain how it's going to go. Well, um, I, I have a great idea. Never, okay. never, ever do the Fiend versus Seth Rollins ever. Shouldn't have ever done it. Brock Lesnar should not have lost the title at SummerSlam if this were the case, and the Fiend. The Fiend could have beaten Kofi Kingston, a very sympathetic Kofi Kingston at that, gotten some real good heat if that's the direction they wanted to go. You could have had that on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar could still be champion on Raw. You could set up whatever damn storyline you wanted there. But, as we know, they do not think a month and a half ahead of time. They don't think about stuff like that, and that's, that's frustrating. And that would have look as 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 we talked about before as well. Just the fact that the the universal and excuse me the WWE Championship was tossed into the Velasquez Lesnar feud, it didn't serve any purpose. There was no reason there because they had the backstory to do it. But not only that, as the feud progressed. The title, it had nothing to do with the title. It had everything to do with Mysterio and Dominic and family and revenge. It had nothing to do with the title. Kofi's loss was in vain. It was completely yep. in vain. When And, of course, if we want to go back and then start talking about The Fiend and, and Seth, this is the dichotomy that, that you know, it's either – all or, or or nothing when it comes to WWE. You know, we criticize them sometimes for not going after what's hot. Look, the fiend is hot. 
push the fiend, do something with the fiend. WWE is like, okay, well, uh, uh, universal title. But but no, you had something a little more special here that you could have built and create even more heat. And the fiend doesn't need the title. He never needed the title in the first place to be over and be fantastic and have gravitas to his to his matches to his matches. And plus, WWE would not have been confronted with the uh, uh, um, uh, invo- involuntary uh, uh, double turn that happened at Hell in a Cell that they still that they're slowly starting to address. But it would have just avoided a whole bunch of headaches for them. So I got to say, outside of the main event, I didn't think the matches on SmackDown were that great, but they didn't need to be, really. We had Bayley defending the Women's Championship against Nikki Cross, and Bayley, she seems like she's really comfortable in this role. She seems like she she really enjoys it. Sasha Banks is also great as her second, and uh, we saw Sasha Banks get physical, which is a very good sign. She has not wrestled since Hell in a Cell. Nikki Cross gets the offensive and lands a great Tornado DDT. They seemed about a half step off in this match for a while until the flying body press. Yeah. Uh, Sasha did get punched off the apron, and Bailey hit a flying elbow drop, but Nikki kicks out. Sasha pushes Nikki off the top rope, and Bailey uses a familiar friend, so to speak, the rose plant mm-hmm. that she used as Davina Rose, which is... Uh, it, you hook the arm, then you basically do the dirty deeds, the old dirty deeds, not the, the DDT version, the headlock driver, the one percenter, so to speak. What do you think about this finish before we talk about the match? Uh, I thought I thought the, I thought the finish was great. Um, I was as much as I've always been a Bailey fan, at least you know NXT. Uh, that's where I was most familiar with her. I've always been a big big Bailey fan. Never much of a fan of the Bailey to Bailey. It always seemed a little wishy-washy as far as finishers go. You know what? It does – it always looked like a transitional move, not like something that has the full-blown impact. I much preferred her diving elbow. Uh, I'm good good with her bringing back uh, the rose plant because, I mean, it looks savage. And if this is the attitude that Bailey is going to project from this point on, being, you know, just angry and angsty and I'm just – I just want to smash stuff. Well – this it's a perfect perfect move to end the match i don't think she needs the uh, step over with it i think she could just do it if she wants to to get into it that's fine but she doesn't need it yeah because um, I, I i think a lot of the criticism a lot of the criticism when she was doing it in the indies is that it just took a little time it looked a little clunky to set up very overdrive-ish if you yeah. remember that move uh the play mm. of the day like randy orton did it and mvp did it and all that uh it, it looks a little odd there but uh, this was an okay match, but they were a little bit off. Then Shayna Baszler pops up to a great pop. And you know what? Right up there with kittens is that gut wrench slam that Shayna Baszler does among my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I, I legitimately, when she first did it, like maybe a week or two before, I dream about wrestling. And I had a dream that that move was done. And then I see it on TV, and it was even better than I had imagined. Shayna Baszler did it amazingly. You dream about wrestling too, Sean? dream about wrestling. Like, I know you sleep like 30 minutes a day, and when you're sleeping— I daydream about wrestling. Maybe that's it. Maybe I was actually writing an article while that happened. But (laughs) this was was a hell of a way to pop up and show up and make an impact. I I loved it. And look what they did. Look who was the first NXT star to pop up on this SmackDown to kick off the invasion. It was the top woman of the division. You know, there's certain things that WWE they, they know the value of their stars. When the first match that they that we got on NXT on USA was a women's match. The first person who came out on SmackDown on Fox was Becky Lynch. And look who comes out to kick off the invasion. The Queen of Spades, and um, I'm—I mean, I—at this point, it was, that's where all the questions started opening up. Are they—is anyone else going to be here? We heard the rumors during the day that the NXT talent is going to be there. Are they actually doing an invasion? What's going on? This was really, really exciting at this point. She looked so, so good. 
Um, yeah, what else is there to say? This it was a fantastic way, a great surprise, and he, well, we'll talk about it a little later. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'll save this one for later. Reminder, guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way to support us. Had some people bitchy batching about me putting some of the information behind a, a paywall. Hey, guys, that's how we pay guys like Warren. That's how we pay guys like Jeremy Lambert, uh, Alex Palowski, all those guys. That's the most direct way to support us. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. You get over two dozen podcasts extra a month. Retro reviews, uh, Alex's sour graps, the backstage report, Q and A shows, re- all kinds of stuff over there. Plus a bunch of exclusive news, and it comes straight to you if you so choose. So uh, it's a it's a great way to support us, and uh, we're we're getting very close, uh, pretty close to a significant goal. And hey, I want to improve the quality of life of my writers. I want this to be the only thing they have to do. So help us out a little bit. Uh, Thermostat Mind says, do you suppose WWE made a deal with Fox, speculating that Fox would want Lesnar for the ratings? If so, who do you think Fox got from this? I think you all are reading a little bit too much into the GM aspect of Fox and that. I mean, they do want the rosters to be separate, but I I think that this is probably just a short-term thing. I think that everybody probably knew what was going to happen going into it, but... That's just my take. Can I just throw in that I think that we as fans, we make too much of a big deal out of ratings in general. Yeah, we do. Ratings, we were tricked in the 90s during the Monday Night Wars to to believe that ratings were a true indicator of victory, right? But in reality, ratings matter to two sets of people. They matter to TV executives and advertisers. For the rest of us, ratings don't have a a single solitary implication in our enjoyment of a product, ladies and folks. They shouldn't at least. Some people act like they do. And also, it's skewed. It's very skewed. Nielsen Nielsen is very, very, very skewed. And, uh, I mean, I... I don't pay attention to quarter hours for a number of reasons. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be the most educated guy as it pertains to numbers and that, but segments don't always start at the top and bottom of the quarter hour. They don't always start mm-hmm. and end at those particular quarter hours. So I, when, when I want to find out what people are going out of their way to see, sometimes I'll look at YouTube numbers. Sometimes I'll look at web yep. traffic. There's a lot of different ways to measure that now that did not exist in the 90s and 2000s. And more accurate as well, Sean. You know, 2018 was the first year that advertisers spent more on Facebook ads than they did on television because Facebook, you get demographic information. You get really, really precise stuff. Nielsen boxes, there is less than 100,000 homes in the United States that have a Nielsen box. So that's your sample size, which is then extrapolated essentially on uh, on census information and numbers that, that Nielsen has in regards to the to the projected number of televisions that exist in, 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 in homes in the United States. So it's it it's it, it's a sample size. It's there's a scientific process behind it, but people people Treat it with way too much accuracy, and there are way more accurate ways to measure interest nowadays thanks to the internet than with Nielsen ratings. Speaking of measuring, Carlos Toro did a fantastic recap of the Q3 earnings report. Go check that out. Uh, Man, Carlos has been with us since the very, very beginning and is one of our most versatile guys. He really signifies Fightful. Uh, him and Jeremy Lambert, especially, who I'll get to in a minute. But Carlos is our lead boxing writer who does a ton of wrestling writing, steps up and does MMA stuff for us as well. Uh, he is fantastic. Go check that out and follow him at Carlos Toro 360 Also follow Jeremy Lambert at Jeremy Lambert 88 uh, He's, like I've said, one of the guys I hope is helping me run Fightful for years to come. He interviewed Richard Holiday this week. Uh, he's got Anthony Henry next week, just has done a ton of awesome work. He's going to be with me at WrestleCade at the end of the month, and he'll be at uh, Full Gear and StarCast. So if you see him, say hi to him. Lots and he of- has a nice beard. Yeah, he is. It's a good beard. He's short. He's short. Uh, Brian Hall says, it's ironic. WWE usually feels like they're making it up as they go along, but on the night that actually happens, it turns out great. Uh, that happens a lot more than you think it does. Like, I would get the physical scripts that were handed out like moments before it went on air and some of the stuff would get changed. But this was, I mean, my God, this was better prepared than some of the SmackDown episodes 
in recent months, Warren, when Vince rips it up two hours before. We were just talking about that at the top of the show. That's the thing is like, you know, the scripts arrive. They, you know, you, they're, 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 they're writing teams, get everything all together. Then Vince decides on a, uh, on a brain fart to just like, nope, no, we're doing something else, pal. We're doing something else, pal. Sorry, I should pull out the voice then when I do some Vince. I want the smoke says what sucks is after Survivor Series, the shows will stink. I was the Nielsen family. They told me that a show, uh, if I watched a show, I accounted for 50,000 people. That's it. See, that's it. That is obscene. Mm. It, can't, it makes sense to me. Can't uh, fifty thousand? That seems a little bit much. Maybe, maybe a little bit less than that, but a lot less than that, probably. Sami Zayn's backstage. He is not happy with how things are going tonight. <laughs> I gotta say, WWE with the the few number of people that they had there, boy, did they they get that mileage out of the SmackDown roster. It would have been easy. I mean, maybe they did hit up Kevin Owens, who wasn't there, but to bring over some raw guys. But they're like, mm-hmm. all right, what do we got? The Miz, we got the women, we got Daniel Bryan, we got that. Who else? Okay, let's bring them out there. Sami Zayn, let's do it. And they did it. I, I got to give them credit. Now Matt Riddle and Keith Lee show up backstage. And Sammy is like, hey, I'm all about NXT. I used to be the heart of NXT. Check out my shirt. And it was just a black shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, too. I loved it, too. And they and like, they... like Riddle and Keith Lee, like, y- you're creepy. Why are you stalking the man? Legitimately, he didn't really do anything to you. He was just talking trash. Right. Nothing worse and, than what Matt does to everybody who ever wrestled in the 90s ever <laughs> on any given week. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they chase Sami Zayn to ringside. What I hope they didn't do was chase him everywhere because I didn't want this to be a 24-7 thing. But I I just thought it was perfect. And I don't know if this were plan, was planned, but Zayn trying to hand Riddle back his flip-flop was amazing, Warren. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we have to point out, you know, Sammy's a smart guy. Yeah. Like he, you know, he portrays himself as a smart guy, an intellectual, our superior, you know, in every way. Why did he think it was a good idea to escape Lee and Riddle by hitting the top of the ramp of SmackDown and and showing up in front of the audience within the arena? Sammy, you're just asking for trouble. You should know better by now, Sammy. But look, Zayn last week had one of the highlights of SmackDown as well when he when he cut his promo on Daniel Bryan uh, with Shinsuke and again tonight just making making gold out of the situation where he's like oh yeah no I still have my NXT shirt I was just I was eating this this salad you know I was afraid to get I was having a very oily salad dressing with it and I was afraid to stain it I'll just go to the car you guys are like, oh we'll follow you it was fantastic and then in the ring well. Once they once they got in the ring, you knew what was going to happen. But you know, it's just Weasley, little Sami Zayn. Here, here's your flippy flop. Let's just be pals. But no, no. For some reason, Riddle and Lee just. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Wanted to pick a fight. That's all they wanted. They just wanted, yeah. they just wanted to screw up. Ripcord knee hits. Then the Bro Derek. I do not understand the naming of that one. I mean, I get it. It's Bro, but go with the Bro Jackson. Uh, sounds more intimidating. Isn't doesn't he call it the Bro Derek? That's it, right? Yeah, I yeah, don't, I, don't I like it. Keith Lee does a moonsault, gets a great reaction. Up next, the Miz says that Bray Wyatt is not there for Miz TV and starts addressing NXT. Tommaso Ciampa comes out and says Miz is what's wrong with Raw and SmackDown. Now, I gotta say, no matter what Miz said here, he wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna be. It's not his promo, but I liked what he said. It was like, if I'm acting, if I'm what's wrong with Raw and SmackDown, then I deserve an Oscar because I've been doing this for 15 years, and everybody always says that to me. 
it's real hard to one-up The Miz in one of those War of the Words because he is like the preeminent guy that overcame all the shit that was shoveled at him. Mm-hmm. Like, he exemplifies a lot of, of the NXT people more than a lot of the NXT people do. Like, he's got <laughs> that spirit of he had to work really hard. Not only that, he was a part of a locker room that was brutal. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, I thought that both guys had their, their points and all that, but this was a showcase to get Ciampa and Miz but on on TV. Now, the first thing I noticed was the crowd audio kept going out. Did you notice that? Yeah, I because uh, yes, it, it was in and out throughout the entire evening because there were reactions that started really really strong and then it uh, yeah. yep, I did notice that. So, uh th- that was something that I, it didn't bother me. I just noticed it and I was like that's not a problem they usually have. Like maybe here and there. But uh Miz does the corner kicks, can't lock on the figure 4. Uh, Champa and Miz were not on the same page during a powerbomb attempt. It got a little scary, but it, it all ended up okay, so whatever. Fights are sloppy. Miz applies a figure four, and the crowd just wasn't into this until the finish. Mm-hmm. Champa applies a half crab, and then Champa catches Miz with a knee off the top rope, does the fairy tale ending. I mean, it's the first time they've worked, and it's that's okay. I mean, they don't have a bunch of house show reps or anything. And, and and let's be honest, how much has Miz been wrestling these days? Not much. I, I, see, you know, and, and there's that. And there's also the fact that, yeah, you know, uh, Miz has been doing this for 15 years, but, you know, he's been WWE grown for 15 years, whereas Tommaso, well, he's been doing it for a long time as well, but he's he's traveled, right? I think there was a little, you know, we not a clash of styles, but not in the – uh, good way. <laughs> I think it was just really like I work. I'm used to working this way. You're used to working this way, and it, it just didn't quite fit. But um, but just to come back to the promo, real quick, the uh, the 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 thing that always uh, has to remain true when we think about the Miz is like you said, the locker room back then was not the locker room that exists today where you feel like everyone is sort of banding together, where everyone's sort of trying to elevate each other. Back then, it was much more cutthroat. And The Miz was not a wrestler. He he was an outsider coming in. He was on reality shows before coming in. He had a lot to prove, and a lot of people were not ready to give him an inch just because he wasn't a wrestler. He hadn't hadn't paid his dues, etc., etc., uh, he worked hard to get where he is. So if, you know, he has a reputation of being really, really safe on everything he does, you know what? At this point, I think it's fine and it's deserved. Yeah, he's he's been working about, I don't know, three or four times a month on average since, like, July. And, hey, he's deser- he's earned that. And he's got sure. his reality show and stuff like that. And they don't need him wrestling all the time. they got a lot of other people. But... Yeah, it's 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 a different role for the Miz, and I think he's he's doing just fine. It could have some more edge, but he did what he was supposed to here. There you go. Fire and desire are in the ring, but we go backstage. Carmella and Dana Brooke are getting attacked by Bianca Belair. Wait, they're they're being murdered by Bianca Belair. I think is the word you're looking for. Well, it looked like. Carmella had been attacked by Paul Wall because I thought she was just drunk sitting sideways, boys in a daze, off that scissorp. Because she was just sitting there like this. I was like, what happened? What happened to her? She got fed cough syrup before this. A little too much Benadryl. Yeah. Uh, but this was great. Bianca Belair was awesome. She press slammed Carmella over some some crates. That ruled. That was fantastic. You just saw Carmella drop. Whoop! That's it. You know, of course she fit. She was. We know she was safe on the other side, but the visual was fantastic. Ah, oh, that was so cool. Then we get an unlikely combo. Not so unlikely after this week's NXT, though. So I'll give them credit. Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox. Rhea Ripley says, "You don't have opponents now. You do." Sonya got in a little bit of offense on Tegan, threw her into a barricade, but she is thrown into Renee Young's face. <laughs> And I love sassy Renee Young. She was pissy. 
but I thought Renee tonight was better than most nights she was on Raw. You know why? And I don't. Well, she was the number two, not the number three. That that was one of my theories. I don't know if Vince was around, if he was screaming in everyone's ear tonight. But there was there, she. She was in a proper position. She was really, really good, and it made me pine for her, Sean. I was like, bring her back. It was fantastic, and the <laughs> the boot she took to the face was was hilarious. It was fantastic, and she used it. She she went with it. She's she's so good. That woman is such a pro. They she is. They are so lucky to have her. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that as like, oh, WWE sucks. I'm saying like, she could be on Good Morning America or the Today Show. She's phenomenal. She's not just one of the best hosts in wrestling and a surefire Hall of Famer, by the way. She's one of the best hosts, period. Like, period. She's amazing. No, and she's, she's there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people that criticized her commentary and stuff. And I'm like, guys. Outside of maybe one team, when has there ever been a great three-person commentary booth where you think about, oh, that third person? Well, occasionally there'd be Mike Tanay, who had a very specific skill set and would chime in at certain times. Otherwise, you can't really get in a a word in edgewise. And tonight she was able to. We have Alex Palowski, (laughs) host of Sour Graps, which is... One of the only wrestling review shows that advertises straight up that it's going to trash everything. He says, Sour Graphs will be preempted tonight for a special presentation of Sweet Jesus. That was awesome. (laughs) Sweet Graphs. (laughs) Sure. So uh, as we kind of wrap up this match, Rhea Ripley wins with the inverted cloverleaf, which I... Love, Ditto. love that move. This show. Kinda wi- I kind of wish Mandy didn't put her hands on her knees, though, because I think one of the things that makes the visual of the the standing cloverleaf really good is seeing the seeing the opponent dangle yeah. on shoulder opponents when they're trying to touch the the mat and they're just on their tippy fingers. Yeah, that's such a great visual. Yeah, I was kind of turned off by the fact that she was trying to prop herself up on the knees, but that's so, nit- nitpicking at this point. I'm real excited when Rhea Ripley gets somebody, and maybe it's happened on UK and I just forgot about it, somebody really flexible. And the way the grip is, she holds the shin. And a lot of times when you're doing a toe hold, they call it a toe hold, not because it hurts the toe, but because you grab the the outside of the little, the tiny toes. That's like how an ankle lock works. It's actually a toe hold. But I'm excited for her to do that. Grab those little little toes and like bend them towards the back of somebody's head and just like look like she's breaking them in half. Like I'm I can't wait. Uh Kevin Daly says Triple H has zero experience to take over WWE. I oh have zero experience to take over WWE. Kevin, buddy, uh you're gonna have to like put us uh, use a little grammar. More- uh, yeah, clear clear that one up a little bit. I see you retracted that. So uh, just send that again, and we'll we'll try to clear that one up. But yeah, subscribe to Fightful Select, guys. Uh, Sour Graps is headed over there uh, tonight, actually, or probably tomorrow morning. Whenever Alice gets it done, I post the video as soon as I find out it's up. Then the next day, I usually get um, the MP3 up as well. But this show started out unpredictable. And even though at this time I knew what the drill was, Warren, like we knew what was up, but I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to see what happened next. There you go. And when's the, when's the last time you watched well, you watched anything on Raw, which had you sitting on the edge of your sheet, uh, sheet seat, Sean? Damn. Damn. I know. We're an online publication. We are not a sheet. <laughs> So backstage, one of my favorite things is this interaction. Daniel Bryan shows up, gets in Triple H's face with Shawn Michaels. Says, what are you guys doing here? He's like, oh, what do you mean? And Triple H, one line, made sense of the whole night. He said, I see a commercial. It sure looked like a challenge to me. Like, almost as if he wasn't consulted for it, which I kind of liked. Triple H took exception to that. Mm-hmm. That I love that, Warren. Oh, yeah. Well, what more motivation do you need? Like we often say, like you often say, Sean, it just takes one thing to make sense of a whole bunch of stuff. And, of course, then Triple H gets pissed off because, 
Well, it's Triple H. He's a competitive guy. He's like, oh yeah, you're 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 setting up this, and you didn't tell me anything about it because uh, all right, we're we're gonna come we're gonna come make sure that you know that we know, and we're gonna make damn sure that you know. I always say it just takes one little thing to change everything, and if you want one big fat dick to change everything in your sex life, go to BlueChew.com and use the code Fightful. Make that dick super hard. Blue Chew brings you the first chew, but with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they're a lot cheaper, they're faster, they're better than those other guys. Well, why are they faster? Because it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. It's, it's subtle, almost as subtle as that segue I just did there. about your your hard penis? Subtle. Comes to you subtly. It's also faster because it's a chewable. Gets into your system a lot quicker. It's ready whenever you are. You got a full stomach? Doesn't matter. Ain't the swimming pool, homeboy. It's sex. You can get it free right now when you use the code FIGHTFUL. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Nuts on your shoulders? Doesn't matter. Bluechew.com code Fightful. It's prescribed online. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor. Subtle. The doctor or the, what is it? The nurse aide. Nurse aide's not going to pop her head through the door. Waiting room full of people. Hey! Guy with the soft dick! You're next. And I mean, here's the thing. You don't have to have a problem to need Blue Chew. It's about enhancing your performance. That's all. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about them from us. I'm just the master of subtle segues. Like kind of oh, this, easing people in. I mean, it was it was your smoothest transition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's free, guys. $5 shipping? Come on. Come on. Huh, so Daniel Bryan straight up challenges Triple H after Triple H says, well, it looks, seems like everybody was looking for a fight. And Daniel Bryan says, well, I am. Triple H is like, well, I didn't bring my gear, but I know somebody who did. And Shawn Michaels starts taking off his jacket. And this was maybe my favorite part of the show. Daniel Bryan looks at him and Shawn Michaels goes, oh, not me. It's really cold in here. Yeah, exactly. He puts it back on. It was good. Yeah. That was amazing. Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels should have happened five years ago. Mm-hmm. Or five and a half years ago. Whenever Shawn Michaels super kicked him, it was it was too perfect to not do. But Adam Cole is there. And Daniel Bryan says, okay, well, I want a shot at the NXT title. And you knew this was getting the last half hour of the show, Warren. You oh. knew it when they said it. Oh. And my heart stopped at that moment, Shawn. And then I immediately went onto the internet. Sean, this is the first time that they ever fought each other. I was sure that they would have had a little tussle in Ring of Honor or something, but nothing. Nothing at all. This is the absolute first time we get Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. And you know, how thankful should we be right now that it's not happening like, let's say, in two or three years when uh, Adam Cole makes makes it to Raw and then, you know, climbs up to the main event, but then Daniel Bryan is inching on to his later years and then we're like, ah, we missed this opportunity. We got it. Because I did see people online, and you know who they are, Sean. You know who these miserable people are. Uh, I can't believe they didn't keep this for a pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view caliber main event. They're giving it for free on TV. There's no such thing as a pay-per-view anymore. Giving it for free on TV. Well, this isn't 1995 anymore where they're giving us Hogan versus Goldberg. Then you have a, a substantial reason to do it. Everything is streaming. Everything is online now. Well, you pay I, 10 bucks a month and then you have everything. There's I, no giving it for free on TV anymore. What are they, you talking about? They were about? backed into a corner. They had to do something. They and had I'm fine to, with that. Yeah, they had to do something. Had to do something. Uh Jamin Cito Gomez says, will The Fiend show up on NXT defending SmackDown? I doubt it, buddy. Uh, I was told that uh, it was like a B-team production crew tonight, and that's why we may have gotten some of the the audio issues, so to speak. But um, match happens. Adam Cole translates to main roster crowds. The guy was over big, Warren. 
They 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 knew the they knew the boom. They knew the Adam Cole baby. That's and from that point on, that's when it dawned on me, and that's when I realized it. You know, everyone knew who the NXT crowd was tonight. And you're not like in Chicago. You're not in Philly. You're not in Brooklyn. You're in Buffalo. So the people know who the NXT stars are. It's it's just that simple. Shayna Baszler runs in, gets a huge reaction. People know who she is. From that point on, I'm just baffled just how uh, – and, and it, it kind of breaks a bit of a narrative that we have a tendency to have where it's like, well, people don't know who the NXT uh, stars are. They don't know who uh, who's on NXT or not. Uh, I think this audience here tonight that was not in one of the major wrestling markets, let's be frank, um, they 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 dug it. They knew who was coming in. They knew who it was. But the one thing that I found odd, Sean, and maybe you picked it up, I didn't recall Tom or commentary mentioning that NXT was on USA uh, was uh, every Wednesday on USA at eight p.m. You know, I, I, I Pat McAfee did numerous. Oh, he times. did. Okay. Numerous oh, times did. in between him saying November first, two thousand nineteen, greatest SmackDown of all time. I, d- I guess I didn't pick up on it. it was I, good, good then. Now, do I think that Pat McAfee is the type of announcer that Vince McMahon loves? Probably not, and that's my assumption because Vince McMahon loves hom- homogenized, produced shit. Pat McAfee was funny, yes. and he, he was entertaining. And he put over NXT a lot. And Aiden English was very good, too. These two announced teams were fun. Tom yeah, Phillips fun. rocked it tonight. Sorry to interrupt. No, that you're, you're, because you're absolutely, that's what, exactly what I was going to say. Tom Phillips was fantastic, but we know Tom is good. He was anchor, he's been anchoring SmackDown for, for years. Uh, and I, I think the idea here of actually, this is the reason why Renee was able to elevate herself because McAfee wasn't there to try and get real color commentary in he was just in there to to be snide yeah. add a few comments just wink wink nudge nudge be a be a bit of comedy relief and that's it so it was really a two-man booth or two-person booth excuse me plus uh pat mcafee just being uh, irreverent so yeah. it worked fine it was a great dynamic and the thing is i think Corey graves is a fantastic commentator i think dio madden is getting real good real fast He's getting a lot better. Yep. So WWE has a lot of good. I love, love Mara Ranallo too. Uh, Zachary Schimmel says the only thing I hated in the main event, the damn commercials. I love Fightful. Everyone should get select. Zach Schimmel, one of our, our greatest supporters, subscribers, good friend of mine now too. Uh, really glad to meet that guy. He's appeared on several retro reviews on Fightful Select as well. Uh, yeah, I agree. The commercials, but I mean, the thing is, with the amount of notice they had and flying people up, they put together, I would say a two-hour show, but I'll bust their balls a little bit, a 118-minute show, because uh, it ended a little bit early, <laughs> that hit hard and, and was good, Warren. I mean, from top to bottom. I mean, it just, it just stormed. It just stormed us. It took us by surprise, delivered a fantastic main event where are we going to talk about the main event a bit, Sean? I don't know how. Uh... Oh, we are. DJ oh, Cass okay. says, I believe that tonight is the kind of show that shows how in touch Vince McMahon really is. Uh, buddy, this was not Vince McMahon's first choice. It wasn't his second choice. It wasn't his third choice. This was a necessity. Mm-hmm. A necessity. They could have very easily branded this show as Evolution 2. It would not have been yep. hard. It would not have been difficult. You could say Evolution 2 on Fox, SmackDown, Friday. And that would, one, it, it, anybody complaining about the lack of Evolution, that here you go. And we're doing it on broadcast TV. You could, there's a million positive ways to, to spin that from a PR perspective. Uh, Jason Check says, fun show with a new roster that Vince hasn't had the chance to uh, dumb down yet. Not stoked about Tegan teaming with Rhea, though. Too much history. There is, but they're going to be teaming on NXT very soon, it looks, Warren. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, with the way that these two women have been treated uh, from NXT, NXT UK, management is really, really keen on Rhea Ripley 
and Tegan Knox, and one would say especially Tegan. She's back from injury, and they are pushing her hard Mm -hmm. on NXT. They are delivering her. They want her to succeed. And the same thing with Rhea Ripley. Uh, I think Rhea is is checking all the boxes. Apparently, she she has to be really, really well-liked. First UK Women's Champion, she loses. She gets... She starts middling on NXT UK. They're like, fine, let's bring her over to NXT and we're going to make you, we're going to put you right up there in a program with Shayna Baszler. Oh, uh, okay. If anything, yes, I agree. There's history here. Um, Tegan Knox needs to get revenge on Rhea Ripley, even though Rhea Ripley didn't cause the injury. But uh, there has to be that there. But seeing those two come out as a tag team, to me, it was like, once again, affirmation that management is really, really behind these two ladies. Astros J5 says, Stephanie blueballed us on Evolution 2 in No Nut November. Wow. Uh, if if you're practicing that one, you silly and you dumb and I don't support you. But no, I, it was never announced. It was never teased. It was never, never, never given any reason to believe it would happen. Uh, the May Young Classic appeared to be an annual thing, but it didn't happen. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But the main event did happen. Mm. A suplex that carried over the top rope into the into the outside or to the outside. Cole rolls through a Super Frankensteiner, and they traded kicks. I love that Cole caught that suicide dive with a big kick, and uh, we we got towards the end when Daniel Bryan missed a flying headbutt. Got draped or dropped across Cole's knee. Brian applied a heel hook, countered a fireman's carry spot into a yes lock, stomped on Cole's face, but uh, Cole got to the ropes. And here's how Cole finished it. Brian sets up for the big knee, eats a super kick. Then it's Panama Sunrise, last shot, and Adam Cole beats Daniel Bryan. You'd never be able to tell that they hadn't worked together, Warren. Outstanding. This was fantastic. And... um. My my analysis, did we get anything for the tip jar, for the swear jar, Sean? Yes. Okay. Adam Cole ate shit throughout this entire match. Like, it was a struggle for him to retain his title, and I dug every minute of it. Uh, Brian was absolutely on fire in this, and... He was in he was in prime Daniel Bryan mode. Like everything he was doing was meaningful and was just had that little extra something. You know, when he did that Romero special and then dropped it into a dragon sleeper, I'm like, oh god, this is the Daniel Bryan I love. And then at some point, uh, uh he um he he's in a pin, he's in a pinning position, and he 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 wriggles out. He he uh, he wriggles out of the pin instead of just like going one two. He wriggles out and he grabs. Uh, he he grabs a, um, a, a Cole into a label lock. Everything about this match was really, really good. There was so much drama to it. Daniel Bryan was all, all in on it. They both decided to give us something really, really special. They laid in hard on each other. They did. This was... They, this it was, was good. It was just good. Their first match ever. NXT goes to 3-0 clean sweep, but really... It was more like six and zero, with with the attacks and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, DJ Cast says their backs were against the wall, but it's kind of the story with WWE to make a good show. I agree. That's the thing. That's what I'll always say. It's frustrating because I know what WWE is capable of. The talent, the minds, the production. It's all there. So Triple H. Uh, gathers all the NXT talent in the ring, and I don't know how I feel about that yet. I want Triple H to explain it. I want him to drop that one line that says, on Wednesday nights, you all can fight each other, but when I bring you here, you're on your best behavior. Because, I mean, there is the perception of Hunter's kids. That That is the perception. 40-year-old men are perceived as Hunter's kids often. <laughs> he did a callback to the post-WrestleMania 14 DX promo Talking about when you start an army, where do you look? That was a good callback, too. That was very clever. Got a little bit of a shiver. Won't won't lie there, Sean. I was like, ooh. I was expecting more mustard talk there, though. More talk about cutting mustard. But, hey, uh, I thought this was just a fun, exciting SmackDown. And here's the thing. 
This is why I'm so frustrated covering WWE. This type of show is why Sour Graps with Alex Pawlowski exists. Because this is the type of stuff that makes people love wrestling and fall in love with wrestling. Unpredictability. Mm -hmm. Making something out of nothing. They did not have a show 12 hours ago, Warren. And this is what happened. You could even argue that uh, probably like early this morning, you know, <laughs> that's it, about 12 hours ago. They didn't have any. Um, this um, – one of the reasons I love wrestling so much is the unpredictability. You know, we we sit around here behind our webcams, Sean, and we predict stuff and we're like, ah, pay-per-view this weekend. Uh, Brock is going over and – and you know we we seem to like to like to sit around and be right about things, but most of the time we don't. We don't like to be right. We like to be surprised. We like to be blindsided by stuff that'll just keep us on our toes because that's why we like wrestling. That's why we like to watch wrestling, not for angles about guys making out with other with other dudes' wives. That's not why. We just like to be legitimately surprised and shocked and get great matches. Tonight, I had my favorite episode of SmackDown since it's been transferred to Friday because I felt it was a – yes, yes, despite all the circumstances. This was a show that was catered to the wrestling fan. It wasn't to uh, – it, it, it wasn't to the general audience. We weren't trying to get um, uh, outside stars over. It was all about setting up Survivor Series, all about giving us a reason – exciting reasons to watch over the next few weeks because now we're like who's going to show up on nxt and that's something that doesn't happen very often so that even adds another layer to it and are the smackdown guys and the raw guys are they going to be able to coexist i'm actually wondering if they will be able to coexist you know it it, it's opening up so much good stuff and i don't want to be the sour graps but you know I, I know WWE has a tendency to set us up for set us up for disappointment, but I'm an optimist. I am. I'm, I, I generally I, am. And I, 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 I'm, I'm done with this episode tonight, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to what NXT is going to do on Monday moving forward. I mean, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. Warren, I know you've seen the tweets that I get, and I'm sure you get plenty of them too. Now we've got. Every people saying that we shill for every company or that we hate every company, that mm-hmm. we're unfair to every company, all that stuff. Well, let me tell you, I don't want to work for WWE. I don't want to work for AEW. I don't want to work for New Japan. I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for Fightful. That's it. When we usually do a two-person SmackDown show, the review is usually done 40 minutes in because, hey, quite frankly, it's eh, it's all right. It's mediocre. We can move past it. We glowed about this show for an hour and like haven't even gotten any of the fallout, anything like what Triple H said afterward, like on Twitter or anything, which didn't say a lot. But I mean, we glowed about this show. Talking about wrestling when it's good is so much more fun than talking Mm -hmm. about it when it is complacent and mediocre and average and all that. And I mean... You know, people ask, "Oh, why didn't we have three people on the the Tuesday show like you do on, uh, like you used to?" Well, it it just it fits better with two people. But like we have three people on Wednesdays talking about four hours of wrestling, and it's primarily wrestling. There's not a lot of story, so we get through it a little bit quicker. Mondays we used to have just two people because you got three hours of content, and it's hard to kind of cram all that into. We didn't have a problem filling up. An hour with two people tonight. We used to have trouble with three people doing that. So, I mean, my God. It's just, when when it's good, it's good and it's fun to talk about. Also, I am so tall. Well, I, that's what I've been told. I'm so tall. Guys, leave a thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, we have another super chat that just came in. Charles Haskins says, Is this a preview of NXT outside of Full sale? Because it looks awesome. Yeah, the, the talk was a few months ago people were assuming that it would go live one week and then at full sale it'd be live there two weeks then it would be on the road a couple weeks or something like that uh but that hasn't come to pass or anything like that but 
Warren, any any lasting impressions from this show after I broke down the the math of the situation? There, um, we will remember this one. We are going to remember it. We're going to remember. We we are going to remember it because of its unpredictability, because of the circumstances. But we're mostly going to remember the outcome, what we got out of it. We got surprises. We got a fantastic main event out of it, and we've got probably the most exciting. Uh, we, we've got probably the most exciting uh, uh, setup to Survivor Series in a long, long time to come out out of it. So yeah, da- uh, Pat McAfee actually wasn't messing around when you know, when he kept repeating the date. We are going – this one is going to stick with us. This one is going to be a hallmark when we look back on everything. Like This night was worthwhile. This is one that we're going to retro review in 15 years, Sean. You can bet on it. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Join us for UFC 244. Thousands of comments on that live discussion. Guaranteed. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.